Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, talented salesperson, and herbal tincture taker. And I'm Karek Morinaga, yoga teacher, web designer, and content creator. Every week we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga philosophy, principle, or theme. This week's topic is pranayama, which is basically the control over the movement of prana. We've been working our way through the eight limbs of yoga of Patanjali. And so wait, what are we on? Is this number four now? Yes, four. Four. And so the practices are getting a little more subtle. The yamas were the quote unquote restraints. And then the niyamas were the personal observances. And then we did asana, which is the ability to sit. And we extrapolated that into modern day where asana now refers to the postures and poses and the physical practice. Now we're going to get more subtle. Pranayama is that first step. Really, I think of it as prana very often translated as breath, but also we will translate as life force. We're talking about the ability to shift and change the breath, to shift and change our life force through this slightly more subtle practice. One way I saw pranayama translated is breath control, regulation of the breath. And in essence, it's it's controlling our life force in, in Patanjali's yoga sutras. He talks about how uh, life force prana is to humans as gas is to a car or as electricity is to a light. Pranayama puts us in control of, of whether we're pushing on the gas pedal or when we're turning on that light. And by controlling our breathing, we control the the energetic flow of our experience so it it really puts us in in the driver's seat of how we experience the flow of energy in our life from the very classical definition of pranayama pranayama is life force control or breath control yama meaning restraint, just like the yamas, the first limb of the sutras were the yamas. And now we have pranayama, the control or restraint of the breath or the life force. In Anusara yoga, from a more tantric point of view, we can redefine the classic definition of pranayama in a slightly different way. We could translate it as pran, P-R-A-N, still meaning life force or the breath. And then ayama, the A in front of yama, would be a negation. So instead of restraint, it would be the opposite of restraint, sort of setting free or expansion. So we can then look at pranayama, pranayama, as breath expansion or life force expansion or freedom. And I I really like to think of it that way. When we start to think about restricting or controlling the breath, sometimes that, just saying it that way, can make me feel very closed off, 
it almost makes it harder to breathe. As a teacher, I'll often resist words like restrict or constrict or control, and I'll lean towards things like regulate or balance fullness. But I'm not always completely successful at that. There are still times when I'll say things like restrict and control. And I think that's appropriate. Classically, it, that was the definition of pranayama, and it still is. And we have a tantric view where we can think of pranayama as this expansion of the breath. Well, it's interesting because in order to experience expansion, we need control and discipline and restraint. And there's a a great part in the sutras where Patanjali talks about how if there was no control or discipline in the universe over the ways that the sun and the moon and the planets orbited, then we would have no way of creating physics or understanding certain calculations. And in the same way, if we don't have discipline and control over our breathing on the mats, then not a lot is going to happen in our asanas. It's an interesting distinction because I, you know, from the Anusara perspective, I don't like using words like controlling and restricting. And yet they're so important to be able to experience the expansiveness of the pose. So in many ways, pranayama is, again, one of these great divine paradoxes of of needing breath control and restraint in order to experience the most expansion as possible. Right. So you're controlling the breath so that you can expand it or so that you can breathe more freely, which sounds counterintuitive, but the the more control you have over the breath, the more freedom we generally find. Right. Which is how it works with everything in life, right? Like, you control and restrain yourself financially so that you can expand your savings and expand all the things you can do with your money. You control and regulate things that you eat and consume so that you can expand the way that you experience life and are healthy. So this this principle moves off the mat into a lot of different areas. And it's, it's such a journey to getting to the point to realizing that discipline is the way to expansion because I know for me in a lot of different areas, just hearing the word restraint or discipline made me just want to be like, I'm free. No, you can't tell me what to do. And then you learn through many hard experiences that discipline and control is, is what leads to expansion in all areas. In many ways, pranayama is what makes the physical yoga practice yoga. Without a focus on the breath, without a conscious control, quote unquote, of the breath, to me, it's kind of not yoga anymore. If we're not being aware and intentional and we're doing these postures and challenging poses, it kind of just becomes exercise if and when we lose the breath. And by the way, we'll all do that. We'll all lose the breath at some point during a class. I don't think I've ever made it through an entire 60 or 90 minute yoga class and been completely in control and focused on my breath for the entire time. 
There'll be moments when I breathe more rapidly than I'd like to. There are times when I catch myself holding my breath, but it's a practice. It's something that we can continue to work on and get better at. We can refine the way that we engage with the breath. We can become more focused and more intentional about it. I think the word focus and awareness maybe are more positive words for us to use. Instead of controlling or disciplining, staying focusing and staying aware of the breath is a better is a more tantric anusara way of teaching it. And I'm thinking back to a class I was teaching a core class last night and sort of teaching this idea because it's not a traditional yoga class, but I do like to have people stay aware of their breathing. And so that's what I was cueing just no matter how intense, whatever core movement I'm putting you through gets, try and stay aware of the breath. Use the breath as a metronome to remain attuned to your internal rhythm. And that's kind of what we're getting to is focus and awareness over the breath so that you stay aligned in whatever you're doing. Because when you completely lose connection with the breath, then Patanjali links the breath directly with the mind. In fact, he says that pranayama is a physical means to a spiritual end, which I think is really interesting. And so by doing this physical act of breathing, you are then able to begin to control the mind. And then from that mind control, you are able to connect to higher consciousness or spirit, whatever resonates most with you. And so it's this interesting sequence of of things that happen where you have this very tangible experience of catching your breath and then allowing it to let you connect to something deeper. Yeah, I love that connection between the very physical act of breathing and then it connects us to something very spiritual. In yoga, the breath really represents spirit. It's the symbol of spirit in the practice. So when we're on the yoga mat, we're there with our bodies doing the physical postures. Our minds help us to align and know what we're doing, follow the sequence. But It's really the breath that is the one thing that's sort of moving beyond the body and the mind. Literally, the breath is moving from outside of us as we inhale and filling us with life force. We need that breath to power our muscles and power our brains. So it's literally life force coming in. And then when we exhale, little particles of ourselves leave the body and enter back out into the environment. And there's this exchange. The breath is an exchange with everything around us. When we're in the same room, we're breathing particles of each other. We're taking in particles of each other. We're sharing spirit. We're connecting to each other in a bigger way through the breath. And so the breath is our symbol of spirit on and off of the yoga mat. Patanjali also talks about how the process of breathing should look like our process of thinking. We should 
take in as much as possible and hold on to, to what serves us and what nourishes us and what helps us expand and then let go of whatever doesn't. Often when our mind is not serving us, when our mind is not nourishing us, it's because we're stuck on something. It's because a thought or belief or pattern isn't moving. There isn't moving. There's stagnation and stagnation in the breath is holding your breath. And if you're holding your breath, not much is going to be happening for you after just a couple of minutes. And so breathing is, is kind of like the optimal process of how our minds should work, which is why Patanjali links the breath and the mind almost seamlessly. So as we become connected with our process of the breath, we start to realize that our mind should be operating in a very similar manner, taking things in taking what helps us and then releasing what doesn't, and then just being open to what the next inhale brings. The breath really is that connection between mind and body that you always hear about in yoga. Yoga is the connection of the mind and body or helps us to facilitate that connection. And it's really with the breath. The breath is something very physical. You contract the diaphragm to draw air oxygen into the lungs. It's a very physical act and you can control that act with, with your mind. You can be very aware of it. You can control the rate of the breath. You can control the quality of the breath. We do breathe naturally. When we stop thinking about the breath, we'll, we'll just breathe at a natural rate. We work on the breath because most often the breath follows the body. And what I mean by that is when we're ready to go to bed at night, when we're tired and we're winding down, the breath starts to slow down and become more shallow. In the morning, when we wake up, the breath tends to enliven. It tends to expand. When we exert, when we run, the breath gets faster. When we're working out, when we're afraid or frightened, the breath speeds up to get more oxygen and more life force to the body. So the body's ready to, ready to move. So in general, the breath follows the body. But then when we get to the yoga mat or when we're doing yoga, whether we're doing the physical asana practice, or we can just do a practice of pranayama. There are many yogic practices of just sitting and practicing breathing. And the intention behind pranayama is that then the body starts to follow the breath instead of the other way around. So if we're talking about the dance of pranayama, the breath is the lead dancer and the body follows. The idea is when you are exerting in warrior two, if you let things happen sort of naturally, the breath would speed up so that your body has the energy that it needs to do the warrior two or the handstand or the backbend or whatever. But we control the breath, we focus the breath so that the body is calm and it has the energy that it needs to perform the posture or whatever activity you might be doing. The practice of pranayama on the yoga mat, I like to say it's regulating the rate and the pressure of the breath by creating a valve at the back of the throat. So the most common pranayama practice in 
yoga asana, the physical practice is ujjayi breathing or the ujjayi breath, which literally means triumphantly rising. So this triumphant breath you've hopefully heard before, we create a valve at the back of the throat. You could call it a slight restriction, but there's a tone at the back of the throat. That tone restricts the airflow or makes a smaller opening. And when you breathe with that valve, it makes sort of a rushing hollow sound that sounds kind of sounds like air through a tunnel. It's the sound that we make when we fog up our sunglasses or a mirror with the breath. So it's, except your mouth is closed when you're doing the ujjayi breath. And the idea is that when you're inhaling and exhaling at this steady rate, it keeps the mind very calm. It keeps the body very calm. The nervous system settles down when we're breathing evenly and smoothly and in a focused way. When the breath starts to speed up, then the body starts to activate, the nervous system starts to speed up to match the breath. So in the yoga practice on the mat, the intention is to keep this full, steady, calm breath that simultaneously provides enough oxygen, enough breath to power us in the poses. By creating that valve, we can take very full breaths, maybe even fuller, more full breaths than when we don't have the valve. This to me is the whole jam, like learning how to breathe. And I always think it's such a hilarious cosmic joke that the breath is like the whole bottom line to living. And it's so right in front of us. Like it's literally within us happening right now that we miss it. So many people, when I explain to them that yoga, the practice of yoga is about learning to breathe. They're like, well, I'm breathing right now. Like, cool. What else you got? So to me, it's this really amazing design of something that is so of a process that's happening within us all the time, but that process being kind of the underlying process for everything. The inhale and exhale is, is everything. It mirrors day and night and up and down and left and right and masculine feminine. And when we really connect to the breath, then kind of going back to what I said a bit earlier, then we really take the driver's seat. We start to realize that if our body is in a a state that we don't like, like a state of stress or panic, then we have control over that. We don't have to be victim to our physical experience. If our body is feeling panicked, then the best thing we can do is start to regulate, start just start to focus and become aware of our breath, start to regulate it. And then our physical experience starts to change. It's everything. It's so cool. The physical yoga practice is a practice of moving the body into different shapes and positions that it is often unaccustomed to. Our bodies take on different patterns from the various activities that we do in life. One of the activities that we do a lot, at least in American culture, is we sit a lot. We sit at computers and desks and 
on couches, in cars and buses and trains. We're sitting a lot of the time and that creates certain patterns in the body. It creates a rounding in the back. It pulls our shoulders forward. It carries our heads forward. And then we go to the yoga practice, the physical yoga practice, and we practice bending our backs the other way and getting our shoulders back and lifting our heads and stretching and moving in ways that break the old patterns. I think of pranayama as something very similar. What can happen for many of us is that we'll start to take on breathing patterns. The physical shapes of our bodies will create certain types of breath. So if we're hunched over a computer, stressed out, drinking coffee all the time, then the pattern of the breath might be rapid and short. And we are not getting full breaths and enough oxygen to power our brains, to keep us calm, etc. So then we have different practices, different pranayamas, breath control practices to repattern the breath. And that's how I generally think of pranayama. One of the ways we, I just I described earlier was toning the back of the throat. So we tone that area and we can focus the flow of the breath and change that pattern, which is not the normal way that most of us breathe unconsciously. When we unconsciously breathe, the breath is a lot shorter and it's probably a little faster. When we get to the mat, we shift into a new pattern, longer breath, more full breath. And then there are other pranayamas besides ujjayi breath. There are too many to name, but there are some common ones that we'll sometimes do in yoga classes. This is not really the forum to teach those or to talk about them too much, but there are things like breathing through alternate nostrils, breathing through the left nostril by blocking the right and then exhaling through the right while you block the left. And then you sort of repeat that cycle. And the intention is that when you change that pattern of breath through the nostrils, then it can create balance in the body between the left and the right. There are many other pranayamas that we'll do sometimes before, during, or after a yoga class. Do you have a favorite pranayama that you like to do or teach, Katie? I do. I'm so happy you asked. Um, one of my favorites is box breathing, which is an inhale for four counts. You hold the inhale at the top for four counts. You exhale for four counts, and then you hold it at the bottom for four counts. I think one of my biggest revelations when it comes to pranayama is that for a while I thought that there was like there was some type of science to like how long you were holding the breaths I thought that there was something to like the four counts in box breathing that was really important what I realized though is that it's more about it being a little bit not complicated but it requires your focus And because you kind of have to stay on track with like, okay, well, am I doing this inhale? Am I holding it at the top? Because of the the sort of novelty of it, for lack of a better word, that's what helps you maintain the focus and awareness. And so I really like box breathing because if I'm just doing a regular inhale, exhale meditation, which I do sometimes, it's much easier for my awareness to just float straight out the window and into the multiverse. When I do box breathing because it requires that consistent counting. 
my focus stays there, my awareness stays there, and then I'm able to expand into deeper levels of, of consciousness. And that's really cool. What are your, some, some of your favorite pranayama practices? You know, the most common one for me is definitely ujjayi breathing because we do that every time we're on the yoga mat. And then I catch myself doing that all the time just to calm myself down. So when I get caught in traffic, I'm slowing down the breath. I'm valving the back of my throat and listening to the sound of my breath. So that that's the most common. I guess that you could say that's my favorite, my go-to. You also like that because it makes a Darth Vader sound. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's great. And some of the other ones that I I do, I really the box breathing. I hadn't heard it called that before. There are many different types of pranayamas where you interrupt the breath, where you're either pausing the breath or even holding the breath for a count or two or four or more. And there are practices where you're lengthening the inhale versus the exhale or vice versa. The other one that I really like is Kapalabhati, which is, means, it means breath of fire. And it's this really strange breathing technique where you're forcefully exhaling through your nose by contracting your abdominals to push the air out very rapidly. And I like that one because it's so different from the long valved breath of the ujjayi breath. It's, it's very different. I liked what you said about there's nothing magical about the count. It's just that you're, you're giving your mind something to focus on. And then I think it's also, it's that, and it's about just shifting the pattern. The yoga asana practice is about repatterning the body. And then the pranayama practices to repattern the breath. So I do think that it's important that we do different types of pranayama so that we don't get stuck in one. If we only do the ujjayi breath and that becomes the pattern, then that could become problematic too. Just like doing too many arm balances could be problematic or doing too many backbends could be problematic. Uh, the intention for me anyway in yoga is to continue to create novelty and break old patterns, create new ones, break those new ones and create even newer ones so that our bodies are always guessing and having to adapt to our practices, whether they are physical asana practice or pranayama practice or even meditation practice. May we continue to challenge our bodies, mix it up a little bit and keep things novel so that so that we have to keep adapting and changing and growing and expanding through each of the practices. I love that. And to take it one step farther, one thing Patanjali mentions in the sutras, which I really liked and, and really spoke to me, was that the intention isn't to be totally preoccupied with your breath or all of these different ways of controlling and becoming more healthy or more focused or more enlightened, for lack of a better term. The focus is to, is to be able to maintain that awareness around the breath so that you can focus on other things like your purpose, your dharma, 
the things that you're here for. And I thought that that was a really nice clarification. It's like the breath isn't the end game. It's there to support us in our intentional action, in our poses, in our jobs, in our relationships, in our creativity, and all of our pursuits. So may we continue to focus and become aware of our breath as a tool in attaining everything that we desire. For our listeners out there, if you are interested in learning more about pranayama, one very easy way is just to look up that word on YouTube and there's all kinds of videos of people teaching different pranayamas. And again, if you just think of it as repatterning the breath and trying something new, there's there's so much out there. Some of the techniques that are offered on a YouTube video may or may not be the most traditional forms of breath work, but it'd be a great place to start and just give you ideas on how you can shift and change the patterns of your breath. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love to have you give it maybe five stars on iTunes. Um, That helps us get in front of more yogis like you. Um, We'd also love for you to visit us online at our website, www.yogachitchat.com. We have links to all of our episodes available, some blog posts. We are always available to chat over DM on Instagram. And if you feel called to give us a little monthly donation, it supports us in creating more content just like this. And you can do that through our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash yoga chit chat. Thanks everyone. See you next time.